listeners. This is Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. I am Zach Gandra, your host, with the inimitable Steve Gandra. Inimitable Steve Gandra. So while you're perpetually using this inevitable word. Inevitable? Inevitable. I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> you know, All you last know, our, year I couldn't I pronounce bet, it. I would bet, we knew, we're going to have a poll. I bet you more than 50% of our listeners don't even know what that word okay. means. Okay, all right. If you don't know what that means, tweet us at, at xlntcultures.com. And I want you all out there to prove to Steve Gandra that you are smarter than he is giving you credit for. <laughs> well, I can believe that. You I know, didn't know what it was until well, I looked talk, it up. I'm not talking about how smart they are. I'm talking about how uh, aristocratic we're trying to act with words like... With fancy words. How do you say that word again? Inimitable. All right, good. Let's go on with the show. This, <laughs> this is a waste of time. You did pay for years of uh, Jesuit education. <laughs> I guess I did. And then a college education as well. I guess I did. Uh, uh, so we are coming off holidays and... Uh, Anything special happened to you over holidays, well, New Year's I mean, season? I'm really excited about uh, one of the things that happened was I got to attend a reception with our guest today uh, over at um, his company, GM Nameplate. Um, Carlo, who we'll introduce in a second, uh, is their VP of aerospace, and uh, they just celebrated their 10 millionth, 15 millionth part, right? 15 millionth part wow. that they built for the Boeing company. Um, three That's years, over how many years? Yeah, well, a lot. How many years, Carlo? 1996 is when we got yeah, 1996. 1996, wow. a, lot of, a lot of years. So uh, I got to attend the reception uh, three years in a row named as Boeing Supplier of the Year. Excellent. Ne- that has never happened before with wow. any company anywhere in the history of the Boeing Company. And wow. I mean, and these guys, uh, Boeing, as you know, is an industry, if somebody makes a mistake on a part, then someone could die. Right. So it's not exactly, um, you know, Playing marbles. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. So I got to attend I got to attend the reception just before the holidays. It was awesome. Uh, you know, lots of great people there. Got to hear a lot of firsthand feedback about their culture and how well they're doing. Yeah. So you know, real excited about our guest today. No, excellent. And I uh, before we even get into the guests, I want to say that my what was a couple years ago I started working with Excellent Cultures and GM Nameplate was the first company I got to sit down with the C suite guys while they were going through their process and I was thoroughly impressed. They had me, none of you listeners necessarily know what this is, but they had me do a, a personal circumplex. A culture profile. A culture profile while of where I was working currently at the time, which wasn't excellent culture. So I was like, nah. And they're like, let us see it. Let us see it. I was like, nah, you don't want to see it. <laughs> well, they <laughs> finally saw it. They, they finally said, saw it. And they're like, you need to leave that <laughs> you company. Need to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm working on it. I'm working uh... on it. So, yeah, we are very excited about our guest today. And, uh, uh, and is, is is everything about him. Steve, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about Carlo Mears? Okay, so Carlo Mears, VP of Aerospace at um, GM Nameplate. Uh, GM Nameplate's a pretty exciting company. They're Seattle-based, but they're global. You know, they have plants in Seattle. They have plants in Oregon, plants in Silicon Valley, East Coast, North Carolina, Singapore, China. Did I leave any place out, Carlo? Uh, New Hampshire. Yeah, New Hampshire. New Hampshire, geez. Yeah, New Hampshire. Family business that's just wow. grown up and gone global. Uh, great company, great leaders, um, and we wanted you know we wanted to have Carlo on the show because you know that's a never happened before. No one has ever been named Boeing Supplier of the Year. I mean, a company that just is all about lean process, all about continuous improvement, yeah. all about excellence, uh, and competes in the global marketplace. These guys are their top supplier um, of component parts 
according to everything that Boeing measures their suppliers. Against. And I'll, I'll throw this out there, too. If you're sitting out there and you're listening, you're like, what in the world is GM nameplate? So they make parts. It's uh, that, that one day I was with GM nameplate. Wherever security would allow me to go, I snuck around and, <laughs> and looked stuff. around. <laughs> and yeah. I guarantee you, you have seen something that they have made at one point in time. Yes, I have. could start labeling things yeah, from, yes, from college logo plates to Well, the touch, whatever. Screen, the touch screens on John Deere tractors yeah. if you're a farmer. Medical touch screens. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like... So, Carlo, uh, bail us out here and tell us, tell us, give us some background on GM nameplate and the work that you do there. Uh, so GM Nameplate was founded in 1954, and a lot of people ask if it's uh, tied to General Motors, but it's actually the original founding uh, members of the organization were Mr. Green and Mr. McAuliffe. And today, GM Nameplate is owned by the uh, Root family. Don Root and his four sons are the majority owners and, and their partners and the rest of the uh, employee ownership group. But today, we are one of the largest premier product identification manufacturers in the world. And as you had mentioned, we have a global footprint and we do business with many of um, the Fortune 250 companies throughout the world. And it's something that we're actually really proud of. And a lot of people don't realize that one of the premier product identification companies is located right here in Seattle and the state of Washington. Well, they know that Microsoft makes Xbox, but they don't know that the Xbox nameplate was made by GM nameplate. Yep. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. My first Xbox overheated a bunch, so but I, you, I don't blame you guys for that. Well, all they did was that. make the nameplate on it. You know, <laughs> the internal stuff is those guys that you know were not name supplier of the year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if you are a Seattle local and you're a golfer within the inner city limits, you know of the uh, the driving range down down at the base of Magnolia. Yeah, the inner Bay Course. Inner Bay yeah, Course. Yeah, there you go. Called the Country Club. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Have a few business meetings over there, do you? Uh, yeah, we, we, we've we've taken a few clients out <laughs> there, and you know, want to make sure it's hey, it's a great little course. It yeah, is a great is, little course is, with so. some astroturf, right? Uh, or is that just on uh, the driving, that's driving range? That's a driving range. Driving range, range. okay. Yeah, Which in uh, Seattle is pretty necessary. Yeah. Maybe know. somebody will create a a whole golf course of astroturf. Of astroturf. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, Carlo, give us some more background on on GM nameplate and on aerospace specifically, and in, and the work that you guys do. Uh, you know, for the aerospace industry specifically, because that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, great. So, you know, GM nameplate, uh, primary industries that it services are, uh, we, that we service are, some of our largest are medical. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, the interface components for a lot of medical customers. So if you're on a heart monitor, there's probably something in that monitor made by GM nameplate. You know, well, we have a great, we have great customers within medical, and, and one of our customers is CareFusion, and they do the... Um, intravenous systems wow. and so we do the the interface components for those and the injection molded components and in certain cases we do some <clears throat> light value added assemblies for those customers and wow. another great medical customer that we have here locally is physio control uh-huh. a great washington company uh, we do a lot of components for them and labeling as well and then we have uh, some automotive customers um and we do a lot of work within the Tier 1 and Tier 2 supply chain for automotive, and that's what a lot of our colleagues do in the East Coast in those facilities. They do a lot of the badging and, the, excuse me, the branding and the badging that goes in the interiors and the door cells of, of, the, of the automotive groups and the opportunities there. We, in aerospace, the group that I work with, our team is responsible for uh, about 95% of the interior and exterior mandatory markings that are all over the Boeing commercial aircraft. Mm. Um, all the seven series aircraft and we have production and we have the aftermarket business as well so in a mandatory marking means something that's generally regulated by the by the um, 
regulatory authorities and it generally is telling the the passenger what to do or what they can't do inside the interior of the aircraft and actually the most products that we make today you, the paying passengers wouldn't even see because they're going to have product in the landing gear and the cargo bay area and the cargo liners and such like that so wow wow so the guys that are maybe servicing the aircraft for the airline or uh, the baggage handlers see a lot of your underbelly things that you build. Exactly. A lot yeah. of things that are tied to maintenance. A lot of time, that, you know, what, what service intervals are, are the messages that are tied to there are actually on the product themselves. Um, the actuating arms to l- lift and close the doors down below. So it's pretty intriguing. Yeah, that's exciting. So um, uh, Excellent Culture is our sponsor. About three and a half years ago, I had the good fortune to start working with your, you know, Seattle division on uh, building, you know, uh, the culture of the future is what you guys were calling it then and had the opportunity to really get to know, you know, the you know, the senior team and all of your colleagues and your your leaders and you know, just watch you guys grow. Uh, what I, I was describing to one of our um, researchers at the University of Washington the other day, um, you know, a description of the project at, of GM Nameplate, you know, GM Nameplate's culture process. And you guys are a classic good to great story. I mean, when we started working with you, you didn't have a bad culture. You had a good one. Uh, it was a good culture. You had a good bunch of people. You had good quality. Uh, but uh, in those three years, you've moved from, you know, good to great world class, recognized by, you know, companies like the Boeing Company. Uh, shortly, we're going to want to get your insights, Carlo, on what you guys have done with the aerospace team, how you've done it. I mean, our listeners are always looking for uh, insights and leadership, you know, ideas and components and whatever it is that you can share that can help leaders who are in, you know, in the business of, of good cultures but have passion for greatness. And if, if you study the work done by Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, uh, he would tell you that the hardest, the hardest cultures to change are the ones that think they're good. Uh, it's easier to take one that's terrible, <laughs> terrible, and turn it into great. But you guys have done it. I mean, you you know you've broken the the good to great Collins mold mold and turned a good culture into a great one. There you go. Should we take a break? Well, you're pausing. Well, I think. you were giving me the break. Sign I, ga- I gave you that two for two minutes, and you only took thirty seconds. Oh, so. I, did. I did. Well, then let's <laughs> keep talking, Carlo. You know, give give us what was your vision of a of a great culture? I mean, the vision that you guys put together, that you and your team put together. Um, you know, that if someone aspires, another firm aspires to have a great culture, what would it look like? Boy, that is a That's a rest of the show question. question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I have to say, first and foremost, uh, I am incredibly lucky to work with uh, some phenomenal leaders. Uh, Brad Root, whom you mentioned, also happens to be a great friend of mine and just a gentleman that is uh, – a uh, true gentleman, you C- know, CEO of your division. He's right. actually the president of the uh, Seattle division. And we've had Brad on the show before. Yeah. You know, great and, leader. And, and I've known Brad for many years and, and is just one of those um, people that leads by his actions rather than uh, the opposite. And I've been around those that say, forget what I do, but do what I say. Well, you just gave us the first component of a great culture. You yeah. know, you lead by your actions rather than your words. Yeah. You know, keep going. You're on a roll. Well, and, you know, and, and Brad is, and, and if you know Brad, he's he's that type of leader um, and somebody that uh, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for. And you, you mentioned he brought in 
the Excellent Cultures Group, and I think we'll talk more about that after the break. We will. You are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180. We got Carlo Mears with us from GM Nameplate. We'll be right back. Remember Ross Perot, the Texas millionaire who ran for president in the early 90s? Did you realize that he's built multiple companies that sold for billions? Each of his companies held a strong values-based culture. We interviewed his CFO and COO. His insightful comments on the role of culture in business are posted on the Culture News blog at excellentcultures.com. Take a look. You'll gain wonderful insights to building your own Excellent Cultures on excellentcultures.com. You can also follow us at XLNT Cultures or Facebook slash Excellent Cultures. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. As an executive, CEO, or business owner, do you find yourself struggling with work-life balance and achieving your goals at work and home? Are you overwhelmed in your workload and feel important things aren't getting done? Our coaches specialize in helping leaders like you overcome challenges and build a plan to recenter their life, to achieve the balance and success you've always hoped for in your business and your personal life. Ask the experts at Excellent Cultures about the right plan for you. And we're back on Biz Culture Matters. You're listening to Clay 1180 and AM and our podcast at excellentcultures.com. If you have a question for us, we want to have a conversation with you. And you can email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com. And today, our guest, Steve, right? Carlo Mears. Carlo Mears from GM Nameplate. <clears throat> Excuse me, from GM Nameplate is a Seattle-born UW graduate. You also happened to be a Wolverine for a little while, too, didn't you? University of Michigan? Uh, I didn't go there. I just uh, attained a, a certificate from... Okay. From the business school there. Yes. And uh, also... I did, we... actually... I would... Online learning? No, actually, it was in Ann Arbor, but I don't really claim that. Yeah. <laughs> Not very <laughs> many candy. people... No, but candy's a husky. And yeah. you don't want to claim anything from Michigan, really, right? <laughs> no, 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 Unless no. you're talking school, to... Though. Unless yeah. you're cool. talking to one of your automotive clients, and that's why Carlo works in the aerospace. Yeah, yeah. the Ross, yeah. School, <laughs> Ross School of Business, phenomenal school. And um, you're a veteran, so we didn't mention that in your first time. We want to thank you for your service. Appreciate no, that. Uh, Marines, yeah? Yes. And yeah. Desert Shield and Desert Storm? Yes, sir. Yeah, and he still has pretty short hair, so you don't want to mess with Carla. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to mess with Carla. But he's, he's a really nice guy. Cut, You'd never guess that he was a he was a marine. Not really at all. nice. You're Not a really nice guy, but those guys can be very deceptive. Yeah, I mean, you know? absolutely. Um, before the break, you, Carlo, you were sharing with us a little bit about the leadership of uh, GM Nameplate and the Root family, who we've met and love, and and too have gotten gotten able to see the transitions of the culture at GM Nameplate over the years. I formerly worked for a company that was essentially family run and it was a difficult place to work. And I've heard other people and I know even clients we've had that have been family owned businesses tend to be challenging places for people to work. 
and and challenging cultures for us to help change. Yeah, exactly. Steve. Exactly. Well, typically, what happens, and you know, I grew up in a family business a long time ago. Uh, typically, what happens in family businesses is um, uh, the family uh, is more important uh, than the business, as it should be. Sure. But uh, when uh, doing the right thing for the customer and for the other employees and associates uh, gets overshadowed by nepotism, you know, it kind of goes too far. Right. Then, you know, it can really mess up cultures and sneaky corporate politics come in and people, you know, people are always thinking that family members, you know, get special, you know, special privileges the other employees don't. Yeah. And uh, so, but, you know, about, oh, and th- th- there's nothing scientific about this number, but about, uh, one to two out of ten, maybe ten to twenty percent of the family businesses that we've had the good fortune to work with. I mean, and our clients are mid-market to Fortune five, right? Uh, you know, typically larger companies, uh, but the family businesses that we've had an opportunity to work with that fall typically into that mid-market um, yeah. uh, company size, um, you know, probably ten to twenty percent would have good cultures like GM Nameplate did, right? And it's typically because the family has figured out a way to really keep balance, the balance of fairness between what's right for the customer, what's right mm-hmm. for the family, what's right for each family member, um, you know, and, and supporting each family member like they would any and every employee, uh, which is exactly the way that you want to run any business. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, <clears throat> you know, we're working with a very large um, family business now, you know, a, a global brand that you would know if we talked about it, but we won't. Um, you know, on the East Coast, privately owned, yeah, privately owned yeah. family business. You know, um, you know, big enough to be Fortune Five, uh, if they weren't privately held. Uh, that you know, all kinds of challenges. You know, because of you know uh, nepotism. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crept in, where you know family members are treated differently. They're not held accountable the same way as other employees. And you know, you got to say it's not the case at GM Nameplate. Not right. the case. It's really the right balance. Very much a family company, but as um, as Carlos said in his last comment, uh, and the question, if you're just joining us, was, you know, what are the characteristics of a great culture? Yeah. You know, uh, when you lead by your actions rather than your words, and your actions support your words, uh, that says more than anything to anybody. Yeah. So, Carlo, keep going. I mean, what else? Well, l- let me let me ask you this. I'm I'm uh, these are. What, what do you call them, Steve? Fastballs from less left field. Yeah, I don't like to prepare questions because I don't think it's a radio show. But uh, I mean, what, he's starting to squirm. In I know he is. Uh, <laughs> I just, I just, it, a couple of couple things that you've seen as uh, as a vice president of aerospace there over the years. What have been some positive things you've seen? I mean, because our listeners are dealing with family business or leading family business. What have you seen some positive things GM nameplate do to to put the to not be the typical family business. Well, you know, what, what I was uh, leading with before we went to break was talking about the, uh, the leadership element. And right. I'd say, you know, uh, tied to the family business aspect, uh, the, the leader of the family is Mr. Donald Root, Don Root. And I remember from a very early age and standpoint from my career, I remember hearing him say that uh, uh, he doesn't have to be the smartest guy. He just needs to make sure that I, I hire people that are smarter than me. Yeah, and, and he does. And That's he a does. good leader. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, and I think that. That's why know, Steve hired me. That takes. Uh, you know, that takes. Hey, listen, when you're running your own business, uh, which I, I haven't. Yeah. But I mean, that takes. That takes a little bit of. That takes some guts. Does. Uh, to does. you know relinquish control. Um, you know, empower those that that are around you, and I think that's uh, one of the 
cultural values of the leadership of GM nameplate, the GM nameplate team is support, um, you know, empowerment and to make sure that they give their team members, their employees, all the resources that they need in yeah. order to be successful. And, I, and I, you know, I joke, Steve, you've heard me say that I've said the GM nameplate investment in excellent cultures, and my colleagues have even heard me say it. I, I've shared with our leadership that I look at that as incredibly selfish on my part and that I look at that was 100% of professional development for us in aerospace because yeah. we embraced it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you asked uh, how did we imply some of our strategy and what was a part of our strategy when we were looking for uh, how we were going to go to market and how we were going to support ourselves as a as a as a group within GM Mainplate and how we were going to be best in class and a lot of what we learned came from uh, when you and I first met each other and we worked with your team is figuring out you know the difference between positive aff- affirmations and and realistically what we could do as a group yeah. there were a lot of things that we've done that we trace back to uh, when we started working with Excellent Cultures. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's great to hear. Uh, what we at Excellent Cultures uh, like to say is our favorite joke is, and I know you've heard this before, our favorite joke is the shrink joke. How many shrinks does it take to change a light bulb? And the answer is only one if the light bulb really wants to change. And, I mean, and the great news about I think why it's been a good marriage is because when we met you guys, you had a bunch of leaders who really wanted to change, really wanted to improve, mm-hmm. really wanted to get better. And do it together. And do yeah. it together. Right. And, and do it together. And then, you know, with guys like that, uh, it's easy to coach. And, um, you know, it's a matter of, okay, here's what's work. What do, you, what do you think? And you have a bunch of people that grab hold of it and apply it and use it. That's when things get exciting. Yeah. And that's the kind of team you guys have. You mentioned uh – you mentioned uh, one of the hardest things to address is when people perceive it's not broken, Yeah. right? And so I remember sitting across the desk of uh, a colleague of mine and looking at me saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to address being Boeing's supplier of the year? Which, by the way, uh, the, the recognition for our organization was first three-time supplier of the year consecutively. Boeing's had suppliers that have won multiple times. But not three in a row. But not three in a row. So yeah. we were the first uh, uh, three-peat winner. I don't know if I'm infringing on any copyrights. Hey, there, no but, way. But, uh, nah, we were the first nah, three-peat three winner. Nah. All right. And so, the challenge you know, is when you win the fourth one, what do you call well, it? Well, <laughs> I, I, so I remember, I, remember, um, I remember that conversation. And the reality of it is that conversation could have really been something that um, – negatively impacted us for for a good portion of time as we move forward yeah. and and what i mean by that is you know you you really got to think about you know when you're doing business you know what what can you work on that's scalable right and so drawing on that experience if you looked at the fact that we had just been recognized as boeing supplier of the year and we had a shelf life and once that shelf life was over what you're going to do then that was it. We were only going to be as good as we thought we could be over the next 12 months. Instead, I took that motivation from that conversation, went down and sat down with the, with the, with the team that, that I had just been given the charter to work with and figured out we, had, we really have two choices. We can accept the next 12 months for what they are, or we can actually take the approach of, hey, we got our recognition. That's great. Let's not even look at the next 12 months. Let's yeah. look at the future and figure out how we are going to be even better. Let's go to our customer and let's understand what is it our customer want. And let's show to our customer that separate of how you've recognized us, we don't think we're good enough. What, is, what do we need to be to be better? 
and and we need to measure ourselves internally every single day and let every single team member understand what excellence looks like and measure ourselves daily, weekly, quarterly, monthly. And lo and behold, we got the second supplier of the year. Yeah. And 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 then once we did that, we realized, uh, you know, I got a great director that I work with, Mr. Paul Michaels. I wish he could be here with me today. But once we did that, we realized, uh-oh, we got something we can scale. And not only can we scale it in the hardware, but we can scale it in the profitability aspect as well. So, um, you know, that that's kind of a long answer to the question, but it was really set up looking for the positives, focusing on the positive, understanding what we could do, and just not accepting that one time. Right. And, and looking at it. And lo and behold, we got it the second time. And when we got it the third time, it was it was truly it was truly shocking, um, because we figured out, you know, that what we were doing was working, and uh, and how we continue to focus on it. And and the best thing that happened to us after getting it the third time was we didn't win it at all. You know why? Because then you begin to doubt um, a few things. Number one, where else can you improve? And I found that we we had more people internally that were that were disappointed uh, about the hardware <laughs> versus uh, the results. And we need to have a balance. You know, we're not, yeah, in, right. we're not in business to just collect hardware. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. we're in business to uh, obviously meet and exceed all of our customers' expectations. We, we market internally. Our organization is revolutionary customer engagement, right, and uh, operational excellence. All of, our, all of our business relationships are performance-based, yeah. right? And, and so we need to have something that will allow us to – uh, provide for our team members, invest in our organization to grow, and give people those opportunities Excellent. within our GM name. Well, Carlo, did you guys? Sorry, Steve, I go, cut you go, off. Go, go, go. I just, did you guys have a lot of team transition at all during that time that you guys had to deal with in the midst of that? Or uh, you know, within our aerospace group, um, so we have a uh, facility. We have a facility. Our corporate headquarters are obviously located here in Seattle, Washington, and we have an aerospace group that resides within that facility. And GM Nameplate as an organization has about 1,100, maybe 1,200 employees worldwide. And within the Seattle facility, there's over 300 employees with an average employee tenure of uh, just about nine years. Wow. So we don't have a lot of, a lot of turnover. And, right. I, and, I, and I attribute that to, uh, you know, the investment that the leadership puts into the organization, right. you know, and, and team members. And it's also a sign of you guys are growing, you keep getting better, and you're team and employees are not feeling crunched or pressured or frustrated i mean they do we all do as humans but they're part of it they're hey, part nobody's of the perfect yeah. nobody's <laughs> perfect you know I, I have to admire our leadership we have this thing called the ask brad box where some loaded questions get dropped up in there and not everybody's happy you yeah. can't make everybody happy but <laughs> That's i'll impossible. tell you what they they do a really good job and we got great teams across all all aspects of the organization. Yeah. People take a lot of pride in what they do. Even in a team of two called marriage, not everybody's happy at all times together. But when you both beat up, beat up and are, that's pretty amazing. All right, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM. Send us a question. Ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. We'll be right back. ExcellentCultures.com is always interviewing leaders committed to cultural leadership, excellence, and change. These leaders, like Russell Freeman, Ross Perot's COO, 
and Bob Hinton, CPA and Moss Adams managing partner, have world-class ideas. As advocates for creating a strong corporate culture that builds people and serves customers with excellence, they share breakthrough business ideas. Gain insights from Russell, Bob, and others on the Culture News blog at excellentcultures.com. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. Has business taken over your life? Are you living to work or working to live? Stress, broken marriages, neglected relationships, and poor health are symptoms of a life out of balance. The right coaching plan can have transformational impact on the quality of your performance at work, depth of relationships at home, and personal sense of well-being. Ask the experts at Excellent Cultures how coaching can help you maximize your life and optimize your work. Stop struggling to survive. Ask the experts at Excellent Cultures how coaching can help you maximize your life and optimize your work. And we're back. Biz Culture Matters, Clay, 1180 AM. Steve Gandra, you want to lead us back into the next session yeah, here we with Carlo? Were, we were talking to Carlo Mears, um, VP of Aerospace from GM Nameplate, and uh, we were talking about how GM Nameplate has made the transition from, you know, a good culture to a great culture. And, you know, this isn't just conversation. This is documented by data. You know, we've got three and a half years of data on what their culture was when we got started, what it is now and documented by the awards that they've received from their clients, like, you know, the Boeing company. Uh, but one of the things that Carlos said just before the break when we were talking about, um, you know, what makes a culture great is that leadership leads by actions, not just by words or politics or conversation or emails. And uh, I remember two specific examples. In fact, when we had um, – we had uh, Carlos' boss, Brad Root, the president of the GM Nameplate Seattle Division, on the show. He was telling us about a um, customer service hiccup that they had where there was actually, you know, a, an error made on a part, and they had to have a recall, and the company's responsibility to, you know, their customer was about $200,000. And uh, the extent to which GM Nameplate chose to fix it was uh, like another zero or so added to that $200,000 price point just by way of cost in lieu of demonstrating, you know, support for that customer. And as Carlos said before the break, not everybody's perfect. Everybody makes a mistake every now and then. But the key is, what do you do when you make a mistake? How do you deal with it? Do you own it? Are you transparent about it? Right. And then you go, do you go overboard in order to make it right and fix it? And GM nameplate, you know, is, is demonstrated time and time again that that's who they are by what they do. The other thing that I was very, um, I've been so very impressed with, and uh, I want Carlo to speak to this, is in, you know, as a part of our, you know, four steps to an excellent culture process, a key, one of the core components is our breakthrough thinking, you know, workshop, where, you know, the, you know, the people in the business from senior leaders <coughs> to the janitor, so to speak, have the opportunity as they choose to to experience firsthand, you know, how do I change what I want to change? Um, 
what are the skills to learn how to change, what can I change and what can't I change, and then deploy that, not just um, you know, toward the business, but individually and interpersonally as well. And our best practice is that um, not that that content is delivered by excellent cultures, consultants, and coaches, but that it's delivered by the leaders of the company who you know our guys train. And uh, the, one of the biggest obstacles we have is executives, especially, oh, we don't have time for that. Oh, that's the training department. Oh, that's HR. Oh, that's, oh, that, oh, the, oh, that, all these excuses. Uh, with GM Nameplate, we never had one excuse. The entire senior executive team jumped in, and these guys have what you guys have, like, trained four or 500 employees already now uh, as leaders. And what's amazing is what happens when, you, when, you know, you've got employees from the plant floor on up. Uh, realizing that their leaders are not perfect and that they're down there actually, you know, mixing it up and bonding and, and doing the development and training themselves rather than, rather than buying an online program or hiring somebody, you know, from outside to come in and tell us what to do. Uh, there's a message, again, that speaks louder than words. And, I mean, that's who GM Nameplate is, and that's what this, this company is about. And yeah. in, in my opinion, that's one of the things that makes them great. So, Carlo, uh, give us some more input. I mean, on, you know, what, what have you guys done to make your culture, you know, as great as it is? Um, and, you know, how do you, how do you plan to sustain it? Wow. Okay. So a couple things. I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't share this as well. I got to spread some of the some of the success around. My colleagues that are running different segments have been recognized as well by some other customers. Uh, the Flute Corporation, yep. Danaher Corporation, Flute. Yep. Uh, GM Nameplate was recognized, I believe, in 2011, Supplier of the Year. Wow. And also Physio Control recognized GM Nameplate as Supplier of the Year. So it's not just us within aerospace, but I can tell you that uh, – and there's an, another big announcement that's going to be coming down the pike here real soon from another uh, Fortune uh, 250 that is, have recognized GM Nameplate as Supplier of the Year. So, wow. you know, I remember being in a, in a leadership meeting when the actual uh, proposed cost to invest in culture was rolled out. And I remember <laughs> being one of the guys that was saying, whoa, whoa, whoa why are we going to spend this kind of money? But and, and I also remember— You're a good executive. Well, hey, listen, you know— uh, one of my other mentors used to tell me in the past, he's, what, you, what can you afford not to do? And when you think about the opportunity, so I'll give you an example. Before we started working with your group, we identified success in our funnel as $2 million, maybe in new opportunities over the next 12 months. Was well, a byproduct of going through the Excellent Cultures uh, workshops. This is going to sound like a plug, but the reality of it is, is we realize we're looking at things so much differently, right? Today, we identify our funnel. Our new business funnel with just three customers is six times that number. Wow. You wow. know? Wow. Uh, and, and, and so what is it? You know, it is, number one, transparency is very, very important, okay? And having team members that truly understand their impact within the organization only comes from communication, Right. And I'm not going to say I'm the greatest. Um, I can't I, I, I don't know anybody that's going to say they're the greatest communicator. I'm sure there's some that would show examples of doing it really well over and over and over again. But we work really hard, at least within our group, to make sure that everybody understands how they can make a difference, how everybody understands from the top to the bottom, how we all come together and what the goals are. And, you know, if we're not measuring what it is that we value and we're not communicating what we value, how can you know, the, the people that have the simplest job know that that one slip up 
is going to impact us, right? Yeah. And so, you know, sharing the feedback from the customer is very important. That's tied to the transparency, right? Engaging opportunities and setting up for, you know, we just launched within our group. Uh, we work we work hard in, in mentoring, you know, recognizing. I remember an HR director that we had probably 10 years ago. I went down and was talking to her one time about a challenge that I had, and she real, she opened up my eyes and said, you can't just look at the walls of the company as your pool for for mentors you got to go outside and get peer mentoring outside and that's one thing that i realized is there's so much knowledge out there and you need to concede that you don't know what you don't know and how can you align yourself with you know other things that are working really well we are blessed in that we have some great customers that we do business with that are local that are world class and we have the opportunities to look and see what they're doing so, you know, I challenge when people ask me, what do you do and how are you doing it? Well, first of all, it's concede the fact that we got a great team. You know, we wouldn't be able to do it without the team. The real challenge is to ensure that the, the team is always functioning and functioning at a very high limit. There you go. You know, and that's there and that's go. and that changes. <clears throat> kind of sounds like Seahawk football all over again. Well, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, I'm undefeated as a head coach. Yeah. You know? <laughs> except except overall, you guys have won more longer. Yeah. <laughs> we're having yeah. a a great season, which we're thankful for. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you I wrote my thank longer. you letter to Mr. Paul Allen the uh, day before yesterday. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. Just thanked him for, uh, you know, I've been a Seahawks fan since I was a a little kid, so I wanted to make sure. That's Separate nice. of what That's happens awesome. this year, he knows that uh, I appreciate what he's done for the world and this yeah. community. Yeah. Well, another another great example. Of, a, of an awesome of an awesome culture you know um, coach Pete Carroll um, and you know and and uh, you know his his boss John Schneider uh, have had the opportunity to you know uh, learn from both of them in fact uh, Pete and I had a common mentor you know for about 10 years in the early days of Pete's development as a coach before um, and, and attended a number of conferences and workshops together uh, but I mean, here you've got a relationship between a general manager and a head coach that is well defined as their goal being they want to have the best, most transparent, interactive relationship that exists between a head coach and a general manager, you know, in mm -hmm. the NFL. Uh, I mean, see, the, again, the same thing going on at GM nameplate. Uh, and it's real easy to say, OK, yeah, all, all, we want all the employees to know what's expected. Everybody says that. Uh, but where the rubber meets the road is. Um, do the companies, do, do the employees feel that as a past top-down mandate that they're being forced to go after, or is it an interactive process and dialogued and embraced and owned and empowered? Um, you know, that's where you guys have done such a phenomenal job. Yeah, yeah you know, I'm smiling because uh, to be even talked about in the same sentence of what's going on, you know, over there in Renton to what's going on in the product identification industry is, but I'll tell you what, I have read a little bit about what's going on down there and, and, and what there is a common denominator, I think, in that the power of positive affirmations is phenomenal. You yep. know, it really is. And it's, it's, you know, I can think of numerous examples of where we've taken a, um, gosh, man, uh, here's a, here's a, something I haven't said in a long time, but I had a, a coach when I was growing up, he used to call him, he didn't call losses a loss. He called them temporary setbacks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we, we we call them in our organization. What are the learning opportunities? Right. Yeah. And uh, you know I read one time that uh, Pete Carroll for for what it's worth doesn't allow any negativity at all. You know everything you need to be you need to recognize about how you're going to address um, 
not so positive situations in a positive way. And I'll tell you what, that really, really, really fertilizes itself because I've had people look at me before and say, wait a minute, you know, you want us to do this and it's going to be good for our business, but there are leaders that won't even take a hard look in the mirror and assess Mm. uh, their own impact. So you got to be aware of that. I mean, I'm not saying you have to be perfect because I am far from it. You know, I I wear my mistakes right here. I should probably get them tattooed because I made so many of them, but... Zach has. Yeah. No, they're not mistakes. They're just tattoos. They're just Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? And it's what I appreciate so much, and then this kind of naturally geared over the Seahawks, because when you were talking about your guys' three-peat in the aerospace, the VP aerospace, or as you're the VP of the aerospace, and the, the winning that award from Boeing, a supplier of the year, three times in a row, your approach is very similar to what you hear Russell Wilson say every Sunday. Is today's game? You know, it's we start every day, every game at O and O, right? And mm-hmm. it's like they okay, we won. Now we're one and O, and every game is that is its own game. You're not you're, you are thinking ahead and you're viewing forward, but you're dealing with we won it. Okay, now we have a whole nother day, a whole nother year, a whole nother everything. Hey, you know, my uh, I, I met a gentleman about four or five years ago, and he introduced me to the concept, and it's scalable in your business practice and how you interact with your customers. And you have to think about when you're in a car, why is the windshield so big and the rearview mirror so small? That's it. Mm. Yep. Because what's behind you is behind you, right? Yep. And you got to worry about what's in front of you and what's to the side. And and that's, that's the case with, you know, hey, the Boeing company is – a world-class organization, mm-hmm. you know, world-class organization. And uh, they invest a lot in a lot of different things and investing in their suppliers and recognizing how to, um, how they're going to be successful and understanding that is key. Yeah. And uh, I think that's where we benefited from. Yeah. And that's good advice. The windshield's way bigger than the rear view mirror. Why, my wife always says, God gave you two ears and one mouth so that you'd listen more than you no, talk. No, she just <laughs> says that so that you'll shut up. I know. I have a, I'm, I'm a radio host. People, give me a break. All right, we're going into our last break. We will be right back. You're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay, 1180 AM. Remember Ross Perot, the Texas millionaire who ran for president in the early 90s? Did you realize that he's built multiple companies that sold for billions? Each of his companies held a strong values-based culture. We interviewed his CFO and COO. His insightful comments on the role of culture in business are posted on the Culture News blog at excellentcultures.com. Take a look. You'll gain wonderful insights to building your own excellent cultures on excellentcultures.com. You can also follow us at XLNT Cultures or Facebook slash Excellent Cultures. Off-the-cuff management is old school at the very least. With culture at the root of every business problem or success, data-driven strategic leadership is where today's best businesses are focused. No one knows that better than Excellent Cultures. After 35 years, they are the Northwest's premier strategic leadership firm. Excellent Cultures has the expertise to read the soul of your business and generate abundance. Take the free BizCulture MRI or ask the experts at excellentcultures.com. As an executive, CEO, or business owner, do you find yourself struggling with work-life balance and achieving your goals at work and home? Are you overwhelmed in your workload and feel important things aren't getting done? Our coaches specialize in helping leaders like you overcome challenges and build a plan to recenter their life, to achieve the balance and success you've always hoped for in your business and your personal life. Ask the experts at Excellent Cultures about the right plan for you. 
We're back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and Carlo Mears, VP of Aerospace with GM Nameplate. Uh, Carlo, you've spent a lot of very quality time giving us lots of insights on the great culture that you guys have built at GM Nameplate, a family business that's gone global, that has grown phenomenally, that has been recognized not just by the Boeing Company as supplier of the year three years in a row, but other world-class Fortune 250 companies uh, that are your customers. Uh, I want to ask you now to kind of reflect on, you know, what are some of the obstacles that you, you've seen? You know, our, our listeners love to learn about, you know, uh, what are the obstacles that we see to not just achieving a great culture, but sustaining one? You know, and a great culture is, um, I, best definition of a great culture I've ever heard uh, is the leaders uh, see their culture as far from great, even though it is. Uh, and and that transparency is so important. But what are some of the obstacles that you you guys have realized and you've seen to sustaining you know uh, greatness and keeping the culture as good as it is? Sustaining greatness and keeping the culture as good as it is. Yeah, that's, or maybe that, even that, even the biggest enemies of having a great culture. That's a great question. And you know, I can I can only speak obviously from my experience and being a part of GMA and Plate, but. Uh, from my perspective, uh, you know, you have to concede the fact that we don't know what we don't know, right? And as we look at our business and as we look at our challenges, uh, we might be planning for a challenge today. Um, and and I'll, I'll share an example for, for me personally. Um, <clears throat> I have to, have to keep top of mind that things change and priorities change and there's things that we can't control you know, the economy globally, regionally, um, and those bring different challenges. And if we don't remember and keep top of mind that not everybody's speaking the same language within the organization, and I'm talking about, you know, what motivates them, what's important to them. And I think the single most important thing when you're studying that at all times is making sure everybody understands their ability to contribute and their ability to make a difference. Yeah. And it's 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 really easy in today's world to get disconnected from that. You know, I mean, I I had lunch with a colleague today that was uh, giving me some feedback. He's sitting in a room over here, giving me some feedback that sometimes it's a little frustrating that, uh, you know, maybe I don't respond to a text message. You know, and and, I hate and that. that. And you know that interpretation <laughs> of you know I'm I might be busy or I might be reading right. or I might not be feeling well, but you know we're all conditioned to get these uh, you know these instant responses. And yeah. how you, I think one of the challenges is how do we, as an organization, ensure that we're touching everyone the the right way to let them know what's important, let yeah. let them know how they are positively making an impact and how we are doing. And doing so in a way that everybody understands. That's one element. The other element is actually physically saying it in a way that somebody gets it. You know, I might look at something when I'm looking at the quarterly performance of our group. You know, we're looking at our profitability. Uh, when I'm numbers driven, I'm numbers driven, mm -hmm. right? But the number really has nothing to do with the results or the feedback I might be getting from a customer. A customer might be giving me feedback by not doing business with us, right? right? right. Yeah. So you think about scaling that. You know, within your organization, it's huge. It's, it, it's hard. Well, as you know from your experiences with some of our um, science tools. Uh, by the way, uh, if you're listening to this live, um, uh, Carlos' boss, Brad Root, uh, the president of the GM Nameplate Seattle Division, and I are going to be uh, speaking together on a panel 
um, CEO to CEO, January 30th. So check it out on CEO to CEO.com uh, because uh, Brad is going to share, you know, his insights on the, you know, the science and the art of employee engagement. And with the 70% disengaged Gallup poll, you know, in, in the United States today, how, how much more valuable is that topic? But anyway, back to what, you know, Carlo is, is talking about here. Um, you know, the, the science part of it is an important piece of the puzzle. I mean, it's easy to think, well, uh, I'm the boss, and I said, guys, let's set goals for the new year. Uh, but what we know is that uh, what people hear and how they feel about it is what gets you the response, not what you say. And if your folks heard, oh, no, he's going to change our comp plans again, and they respond with, you know, low expectations and low goals, or if uh, your colleague who's sitting in the room with us uh, thinks that the reason you don't respond to text is because you really don't care about him or that, you know, you've gotten a big head and your ego's out of control instead of just the fact that you're meaningfully engaged with the client in a conversation and are not able to respond immediately. Uh, those kind of things are what turn, you know, a, an excellent culture, you know, into a sneaky corporate politics culture. Yeah, you know, Steve, I remember in hearing you say that I think about my first, my first job in management. I was a sales manager and I went to this workshop and they threw an example on the board, and it's like, okay, you know, at that time, I think I had four team members that I was leading, right? And the, the case study was, here's the challenge, here's what you need them to do. And I raised my hand, and I said, well, that's really simple. You just tell them to go do it. And the whole room was <laughs> silent, and the, and, the, and the instructor went on to the next guy right away. You're fresh like, out of the Marine Corps then, right? Oh, I, was, I wasn't fresh out of the Marine Corps, but uh, I was just <laughs> new to leading, right? I thought, well, you know, you got, the, you got the charter, you got the responsibility. That's the way you do it. And I'll tell you what, um, that is something that, you know, I feel blessed to have learned so early in my career. Sure, there's opportunities where you just do it because um, it has to be done and somebody asks you to do, but... That's one of the dynamics between understanding effective leadership. I still see people struggle with that. Well, you know, my title says this. So in theory, then you do this because I've said separate of what I do. Right. Yeah. And it's really inspiring to see people that don't even lead with their title, but lead with engagement, lead with, um, you know, follow through, lead with humility and and then they have, those people have tend to have more experience in actually engaging more people to do more for them. Yeah. And I think that's it's motivating to see it happen. Yeah. Um, it's intriguing, and it's really interesting. I think that's what a lot of successful cultures have behind it. I mean, look at what Alan Mulally's been able to do over at Ford. Phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, and, phenomenal. And one of my mentors has said, you know, part of the reason why it was so intriguing to see his success there is there's a guy that went from leading an airplane organization to an automotive organization but it's his ability to get people to do the right things. Yeah. It's phenomenal. And there's yeah. a lot of great leaders like yeah. that out and, there. And to tell them when things are wrong and to listen and appropriately respond in a manner that creates more transparency and more proactivity instead of, uh, you know, as he goes out of control again. Uh, and that could be totally false. But when people think that or they believe that and they talk about it, that's what drives the culture in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, uh, put your coach's hat on a second and uh, tell our listeners, um, what can a leader do to build a high-performance culture of ethics, values, employee engagement, you know, the kind of culture you guys have, you know, what's the first thing that they can do to really go after, you know, building a great culture if, you know, they're just now at the part of their process where they're wondering, gosh, are we really thinking that we're great and we're not? 
uh, what can they do? I mean, what coaching can you give them? Yeah, you know, I, that's a that's a great question. I think first and foremost is, you know, understand everybody's got to be in line and obviously working towards the same goal. You know, it's I think that's really, really important. Um, mutually agreed to measurable objectives that are measurable over time are really, really, really key. And so everybody understands their role, their responsibility. That seems like it's simple, but if you don't have everybody on the same page, what happens if you're not working together? Yeah. You know, you're working against each other. So I think it's invest in understanding that. And or you think everybody's working together and they're really not. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, hey, uh, we have groups downstairs that are upstairs then vice versa, you know, and sometimes we're not always on the same page and, and we're not a very big organization. So, um, and, and, you know, hey, you can have a really small organization that you might have somebody out there in the field all the time, another person in the office, and if you don't communicate. So that, that leads me to the next thing is you got to have effective communication in order to fertilize great collaboration. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that as an organization, how do you bring all your resources together? You don't have to have millions of dollars in resources. You can think about if you're a very small business, what are the resources that are available to you, right? Yeah. And yeah. no matter what do you have? Yeah, and I and I would say the other thing that I would say is it's okay to emulate something that you're impressed with, whether it's the culture from another organization and study those and, and network. Look to other people that um, you can be of value with and, and network and, and understand what it is that they're doing. And don't be afraid to ask people for help. Don't be afraid to, you know, ask um, people that you might meet for coaching, ask, get suggestions and recognize that the most important thing after making a mistake is recognizing and communicating with your team what you learn from the mistake. Excellent. Yeah, that's huge. That is really huge and a wonderful way to end the show because that's everything that we all need to remember summed up into that. That was excellent. Recognize that you made a mistake. Fess it and fix it. Yeah, absolutely. There was. Uh, we're going to have to re... Well, this is going to you know be on the podcast. So, listeners, you can re-listen to this over and over and over again. There were so many good, tangible leadership... Uh, tactics, experiences, stories, and things to put into action right away. Thank you, Carlo. It was excellent. Appreciate it. Yeah, very hey, well done, Thanks Carlo. for Thank having you. me out here today, and uh, you know, I appreciate uh, the opportunity, and go Seahawks. I go yeah, Seahawks. Yeah, and, and go GM nameplate. Let's go Absolutely. for number four. Uh, <laughs> four-peat, the four-peat. Is that what we call it, the four-peat? Something peat. like that. Uh, you know, we say we're, uh, we're, we're, yeah, we're just working hard. There you go. All right, guys, you've been listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180. If you have a question for Carlo or want to get connected to him in any way, shape, or form, uh, you can email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com or send us a tweet at XLNTCultures, and we will be back with you next Wednesday. Adios, signing off, Clay 1180 AM.